and you're listening to the Jefferson Exchange. In our monthly business segment, The Ground Floor, Cynthia Schur of Schur Management Consulting visits with regional entrepreneurs, business leaders, and educators about their work. Today, Schur speaks with Jeff Sharp, founder and COO of, the, of Stracker Solar, about their work in the community and a proposal to put solar energy directly into Ashland city-owned electric grid. Welcome to this month's episode of The Ground Floor. I'm Cynthia Schur, producer and host of the show, and today we have Jeff Sharp, founder and CEO of Stracker Solar, as our guest. Uh, Jeff was last on the show about six months ago, which was June of 2022, and They have had amazing developments since then. The Ground Floor speaks with innovative and scalable businesses in the the JPR listening area. And boy, have they scaled since June. So we really appreciate having companies that are growing and making an impact in our community uh, to come back and give us an update. So, uh, Jeff, since we spoke, your very visible installation at Exit 19 by TC Chevy has gone up. Tell us about that and tell us about what else is going on there. Oh, yeah. A lot lot of exciting has happened since our last time together here. The TC Chevy installation is up and powered, and you'll probably see the lights at night. That was our first um, striker light installation. Also busy putting in next door to TC Chevy at Evergreen Bank. They're going to have a net zero bank there that we are putting several strikers into. Um, we also had a great installation out at Franz Bakery in White City, making them a, a net zero distribution center. And we are in the process of putting in a new two more strikers at the Science Works parking lot. Those will have um, EVCS, electric vehicle charge stations, and we're also going to set that up for a future level three bus charging station if we can ever get a city electric bus in here. So d- what, tell us what a level three charging station is. Oh, that is a 480 volt, the fastest charging stations that are available. And they can handle a bus. And we are actually going to set up for a bus as soon as we can get a bus project finance there as well. Excellent. And and I understand that you've gone from installing the Stracker systems in Jackson County to a national expansion. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is pretty exciting. We, we, um, we're calling it our EPC, uh, Engineering Procurement Construction Contractor Program. It's a national expansion where we just signed our first contract last month with AFC Solar out of Ennis, Texas for a couple million dollars. Uh, basically, the project's will be that we'll go to the communities that are installing some of our systems, either as a community solar or a municipal solar project, and we will hire, work with, train their fabrication shops, their installation contractors, their PV contractors to empower them as a city or as a, as a group to be able to install uh, and maintain these systems into the future. So pretty exciting. And So are you going to be selecting the communities one by one, or do you have uh, do you have communities teed up that you want to uh, provide solar to? Yeah, we do. We do have several targets, but but really the driving factor for this has been the EPC contractors themselves, those solar contractors that have these large projects, and we've been contacting a, a number of them, and they get back in touch with us. And once they have a big project, then we will go ahead to that community and help empower that community to be able to realize the economic and community development of building a factory and (laughs) installing the systems. So that makes me wonder whether the supply chain issues you were having six months ago are being resolved, or where where are you with that? If If the contractors are able to take initiative on these big projects, they must know that they can get panels. 
Yep. Actually, the, the supply chains loosened up a lot. Um, we never never got too bad at, at our level of with the solar modules themselves. Slew drives, PCBs were probably our, our bottleneck, but it seems like that market's opening up a little bit and we're um, taking investor dollars. We're still in our Series A round to be able to build an inventory of these critical components to make sure that we can uh, supply what we promise. And so are you uh, funding this national expansion or is that, was that done through uh, grant funds or the uh, IRA? Fair question. The um, this is we're doing a Series A round. Investors coming in for equity part of the business. Uh, we're about one third of the way through our 1.75 million first Series A round. We're also looking for some additional monies to build that critical inventory and be able to to be stocked up and ready to ship 80 strikers at a time. Have some some really exciting improvements on the striker product itself. One of the big ones was going from a welded system to a bolted system so we can fit 10 strikers on a flatbed as opposed to just one welded system. And we're also upgrading our control systems to enterprise quality, um, the kind of quality you'd expect in a car. And coming up with a, a finalizing a combox system that will allow us to communicate, see the status of each striker wherever they might be, and and have a, a degree of remote control for those as well. Oh, that's very cool. Well, I, I have to ask, since a few weeks ago, we had some pretty uh, exciting weather around here where the wind was howling. Yes. And I remember you've got the, you know, the strackers are at least 15, 14 feet high, right? Well, yeah, they're 20 feet, pivot up 20 feet above the uh, ground. Okay. And yeah, that's How'd they do? They did fine. January 14th was as is, is windy as I can remember since I've been here. And, and uh, we, we look forward to that because... We like to prove what's going on, and if we do have little problems, to find them. Yeah, right. Well, and if you're expanding nationally, you've got other places where right. where they have real wind. <laughs> right. And I know you had been asking about the um, the local distribution grid here. We're pretty yeah, excited right. to report that we did get the one million dollar Oregon Department of Energy grant. It's a CREP grant, uh, Community Renewable Energy Program. And in conjunction with the city, we were able to secure the grant for uh, the entire project, 100% of project costs, to at the city service center, which is that block that has the police department, the uh, council chambers, the electric department, and the grove. And we're talking about in Ashland. In Ashland, yes. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we, we're getting ready to get going on that project. It will include six trackers to give 75 kilowatt of dual access tracking to the facility. Also going to add the city's first level three charge stations. Um, and we're going to, we're hooking that infrastructure up so that we'll be able to use car batteries in the future once the bi-directional EVCS is commercially available to help provide backup for the electric building. And then we're also able to add, uh, we're starting out with a 75 kilowatt battery system in the electric department to back up, uh, ironically, the fuel pumps for the emergency <laughs> vehicles that, that are fueled there. Well, that's important. Pretty exciting. Yeah. 
You're listening to The Ground Floor on Jefferson Public Radio. You can find us online at jeffexchange.org. I'm your host, Cynthia Schur, and I'm speaking with Jeff Sharp, founder and COO of Stracker Solo, about uh, the company's expansion and expansion nationally and also their exciting projects locally. Jeff, tell us about the upcoming opportunity for installing more solar-to-power homes in the city of Ashland. Yeah, yeah, it is. We're we're at a pretty exciting time here in this transition. Very excited about SOU and the commitment that President Rick has made to produce 100% of the electricity the campus uses. And I know they have a $3 million Kickstarter here that they've gotten from grants from both the state and the federal. And uh, we're really excited to see how we're going to be able to work and help with that. Also, the uh, to take full advantage of the Investment Reduction Act, IRA, not not very well named. <laughs> that legislation includes a provision for providing apprenticeship programs, prevailing wage jobs, in a real effort to prepare the next generation for picking up the heavy work that's going to have to be done to really make this transition from fossil fuel into wind and solar power. So really excited that SOU is pursuing that and, and looking forward to seeing how we can fit in and how we can best make that happen for the community. And have you done uh, studies on just how much um, electricity this project could generate for SOU? Is it possible to get to net zero? It is. It is. Hmm. And it's going to take a lot of a lot of work covering all their parking lots and their roofs. But um, they, they are aware of the numbers and they're, everything I see shows that they're really excited and moving forward and honored to be able to, to at least be talking to them about it. City also has some great options. We have a... Um, like that grant proposal that we got near $1 million for the service center, we have another grant proposal that we have on council's desk right now. It's due February 15th, so we're hoping that they will sign. It's for a planning grant to install three one-megawatt projects on city property, one at the wastewater treatment plant with backup systems to keep that plant in operation, one at the airport to be installed as a community solar project, and then one on the Dunn Ranch that would have a direct inner tie to the branch line serving south of Ashland. So and about how many? So that that will serve those in, those facilities, and and will it also then extend to homes beyond or in that in that area where you're installing the solar? Yeah. So all three of these large projects will be um, injecting electricity into the city electric grid and providing. Power and also uh, ability to back up those those systems. Huh. Interesting. And and what will that cost the city, or does it offset any cost that the city currently has? Yeah. Well, the the first thing we're after here is a planning study to be able to find out the legalities of the BPA contract that we the city has with their energy provider to make sure that we have to line up the things that need to be done. The actual projects themselves, we have several mechanisms for funding that they can be done at no cost to the city. Huh. Wow. That would be hard hard to pass up. Are there any um are there any sort of environmental challenges of having the the strackers take up so much uh Real estate, you know, bird. Any concerns about birds or anything else that you know you are you're you're aware of? No, actually, we're, we're that's one. Of, we, we created, developed, and have been fabricating them here locally for this for our city environment, and the footprint is just a 12 inch diameter pole. 
at the bottom so that the habitats are able to be maintained. We can put them over parking lots, put them over agricultural areas. They don't require any fencing. All of the electrical and mechanical systems are 20 feet up in the air, well out of reach. Oh, that's interesting. That And that, that sounds like a um, an improvement even over your first generation uh, strackers, because I remember hearing something about needing fencing around some of them. No. no nope, don't need any fencing. N- no fencing. So Freestanding. That, awesome. So that, that, those are our real value propositions. One is that, that we maintain use of the ground below, uh, number one. And number two, just the, the nature of dual access tracking makes it the most efficient PV system available anywhere. And um, we're, we produce 50 to 70 percent more energy than typical fixed solar installations. So I think it sets us well apart from the rest of the group. And I remember something from your last uh, interview about how um, you have a technology, you're one of the only uh, companies in the United States to have a technology that is approvable um, for for certain grants. I'm sorry, I'm a little vague on that. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you'll you'll be able to piece together what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it is actually the UL listing, 3703 listing. We're the only tracker that has that listing that's available in Oregon. And that listing is required for the Energy Trust of Oregon and other ah. entities like that in order for them to give incentives. So we're um, honored to be the only one that they can offer dual access tracking here that it qualifies for incentives from Energy Trust of Oregon and other similar entities. And and would you say again just what um, what the efficiency gains are from using a stracker as opposed to having you know flat roof panels? Yeah, fixed roof, so fixed roof. rooftop or ground panels. If you have a, a flat roof with flat panels on it, then we get seventy percent more energy each year than that system will for every panel. If you have perfectly south facing and and 30-degree to 45-degree orientation, we get 40, I'm sorry, 50% more energy gain per year than that fixed installation. So really significant gains. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's really, um, it's great to hear how that you've been able to expand not only in our own community to uh, pursue projects for clean energy, but also uh, to move this across the country and replicate this, uh, this project in this way of capturing solar energy. Yep, I'm really happy, really excited, glad to be in Ashland and have the foundation here to make it happen. Great. Well, thanks so much for being here and ch- talking with us today. And I know uh, people can find out more about Stracker Solo uh, on the web. And yeah. uh, uh, this is the ground floor on the Jefferson Exchange. I'm Cynthia Schur. And you can find us online at jeffexchange.org, or you can subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher, Pandora, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.